Welcome to Back to the Sources, a podcast for those looking for a window into the life of Concordia Seminary and our library, whether you are a theologian, pastor, or prospective student. Each episode explores deep theological questions, profound insights, and topics of interest, brought to you by both professors and students alike. We hope that these conversations enrich your faith, academic, and professional development by connecting you to our rich resources. Back to the Sources is brought to you by the Hasse Library on the campus of Concordia Seminary in St. Louis. The Hasse Library, inspiring theological discovery. Hello, and welcome to Back to the Sources, a podcast of the Hasse Memorial Library. This is Kendall Davis. I am an STM student, and I'm your host today. And with me, I have a special guest with us to talk about his experience doing summer Hebrew this past summer. My guest is... Hi, I'm Morgan Garrett. I'm a second year here at the seminary. I hail from Michigan, specifically East Tawas, and I went through undergraduate at Concordia University Ann Arbor. And did you you go through the pre-seminary program there? Yes, I did. Okay. And so did you do any languages there? Or kind of w- tell me more about your background then with, with language learning in general as well. Yeah, of course. So I, I mean, before my undergrad, yeah. I did the usual, you know, obligatory two years of Spanish that Spanish, you take yeah, in high yeah. school. Yeah, yeah. But when I got to undergrad, the actually only reason I was really able to go to Concordia was because they started a scholarship for students who are going into the languages. Okay. So you had to have at least a minor in theological languages. Okay. And so what I ended up doing was majoring in pre-seminary studies and minoring in theological languages gotcha. in order to be able to afford to go there. Now, what, what counted as theological languages in that context? So Latin, Hebrew, and Greek okay. were, were the main ones. If you were taking the major for theological languages, you had to take Latin, Greek, and Hebrew. Oh, I see. Yes. With, so with the minor, you just picked a few of those? Is that With the minor, you, you had to take Greek and Hebrew. Uh, you okay. did not have to take Latin. However, I did out of the recommendation from my supervisor. He said that uh, taking Latin would help me kind of get my feet wet for when okay. I delved into Greek, which is a little bit harder than Latin in many respects. Sure. But it uses some of the same rules. So I took about two semesters of Latin. Sure. And then for the remaining time I was at Concordia University Ann Arbor, I was in both Greek first and then Hebrew second. So I took in total three years of Greek and two years of Hebrew, respectively. Okay, gotcha. So you did Latin, Hebrew, and Greek. Yes, though if you ask there. me to remember any Latin, I will not be able to tell you. <laughs> sure, sure. So, so, you, but you, you took summer Hebrew this past summer, right? I did, yes. Okay, so what, what did you, did you choose through that? What, how did, how did that, that go, come about? So for those of you coming in, yeah. there is an option that if you're in one of the Concordias and you do well enough in the language courses, you can waive the entrance exams for the seminary for those languages okay, and then just dive right into the program, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I did not do well enough in those classes okay, sure. to waive the entrance exams. And if I'm going to be honest, the entrance exams are pretty tough. So I wasn't able to get a high enough score in those to uh, be able to progress and just skip the summer courses. So I had to, uh, well, take them in essence. Gotcha, gotcha. So, so when you came into the Hebrew course, you had already gone through Hebrew before, even if you weren't as strong as you you might should be. 
Yes, yes. So I, I had gone through Hebrew before, funny enough, with the same exact professor. Oh, that's um, right. Dr. Penhaligon. Yes. Huh? Okay. Uh, Dr. Penhaligon also hails from Michigan, and he taught me Hebrew the first time around. Okay. okay. Uh, so I got to learn from him again. Okay. So, I mean, so can you can you tell folks who might not be familiar with it, how how is summer Hebrew structured? Kind of what what's what does it what does it look like? Because it's it's a fairly intensive program that y'all are going through there. Absolutely. Summer Hebrew is structured as a seven week course, <laughs> and you go to that course every single day, right, of the week, other than weekends. It for about three hours, if I'm remembering correctly. Okay, sure. So you have about three hours of class. There is a break in there for chapel. But overall, you're, you're it's very intense. You're there every single day. And I will say that it can get pretty grating after the first four to five weeks. It, there is a lot yeah. of challenge in trying to keep up and keep in it. But to Dr. Penhaligon's credit, he is very good at kind of leading you along and making sure you understand material. <laughs> but he is a bit of a tough love professor in that sure. once you have been led, he expects you to put in the effort. Right. Uh, and if he's awesome in the fact that if you have any questions whatsoever, if you want to meet in office hours or even outside of office hours sometimes, if you're struggling with something, he'll meet mm -hmm. with you, he'll help you out with it. But once you get to a point where you're doing it by yourself, he definitely expects you to keep up. <laughs> right, right. Well, and, and I think nobody can learn the language for you. You've got to be able to do the work. you got to know your vocab, that sort of thing. You can't no, no, nobody can can memorize it for you. And I, I think that's a that's that's such a good point. Just to remember, I think for folks that the the professors want you to succeed, and so if for some reason you're you're struggling, whatever, to to, to come talk to them so that they can they can help you uh, kind of figure out if it's a particular point or if it's even something bigger. I think they can connect you up with resources. That, that that's really critical. What you don't want to happen. And what I what I've seen happen with some people is that you know they get they get behind at the beginning, and then they get more behind and more behind, and all of a sudden it's week six and they can't they can't read half the alphabet. But yeah, that's 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 definitely not a situation that you want to be in. No, no, it's not. So tell me about your expectations coming into the class. Kind of what were you what were you expecting? Were you kind of expecting to be easy since you already done it? Was it something you were dreading? T tell us more about that. Sure, sure. So. My Hebrew skills were definitely rusty going sure. in, for sure. I was expecting the first maybe week of the course to be a little easier because it would be a lot of that baseline stuff that after a quick refresher, it would come back to me and I'd be able to move forward with it. Learning the alphabet and learning what the vowels look like and things like that and yeah, how yeah. to read a basic Hebrew sentence, that kind of stuff. But the moment you hit verbs... Mm -hmm. And vocab, like the more intense vocab like that you learn after the first couple chapters. That's that's when it definitely rubber hit the road for me. And it was I had to put in not the same amount of effort as I did the first time around, but definitely a significant increase. Sure, sure. From when I started out. Gotcha, gotcha. Did you did you did you approach it differently than you did the first time, you think? Or kind of was it about the same, just a second, kind of a second coat of paint? So I guess the first time around with Hebrew, I was meeting with the professor, I believe, two to three times a week. In contrast, summer Hebrew, 
you're meeting every single day. Mm -hmm. So the structure of the course in itself makes you kind of have to approach it a little differently. That's true. In many respects, because A, you have to keep up in some respects, right? And B, you have to really discipline yourself in a way. However, the structure of the course makes it easier, definitely, to discipline yourself. I will say, compared to the first time around, having it every single day really did help me stay with it because if I didn't, that falling behind would happen, right? Yeah. So you're also not doing any other classes at the time. Yes, that is also a benefit. Yeah. Uh, You're not doing any other classes so you can focus all of your attention on summer Hebrew and all the things that come with it. And you need to at the rate that you're going. Absolutely. Uh, But but you you certainly can. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, so so tell us more about kind of your experience going through summer Hebrew. Were you surprised by anything? How was it different from kind of like when you did Greek, for example? Okay, different from summer Greek? Did did you do summer Greek? I did. You did? Okay, yeah, no, that'd be great to talk about as well. Yeah, of course. So summer Greek and summer Hebrew were about the same in structure. Right. Okay. Every day of the week, constantly in the language, kind of constantly following along. One thing I will say is that the teaching style of the professor is going to definitely impact how well you can learn. The two professors I had, Professor Lewis for Greek Mm -hmm. and Professor Penhaligon for Hebrew, they're both very good at giving you ways to connect the dots and help Mm -hmm. you every step of the way. Right. Sure. So those are my experiences that I can speak for now. When it comes to how Hebrew differs from Greek, Hebrew, the best way I can describe it is Greek feels like you're doing English homework in a sense. Yeah. You're kind of seeing how things flow. You're putting the pieces to together and things like that. Hebrew is almost like a math problem. Really? Uh, okay. At least in for me, this uh-huh. is the solution you're trying to work towards. And you're looking at these symbols and you have to kind of almost add things together in a sense. Mm-hmm. So like... You have to recognize that vowel. You have to recognize those three consonants and that ending. And so you kind of have a one plus two plus three situation equals sure what you're trying to get to. So it, it just it just felt kind of just so, so different then. Yes. Hebrew definitely feels more formulaic, while Greek definitely feels more like, well, like I was when I was learning Spanish, for example. Sure, sure. There are a set of rules and endings and things like that. But you can... With Greek, you can kind of get a general idea based on mm-hmm. the vocab and things like that and kind of make educated guesses as you're going along. Yeah, because there, there's words that you might be somewhat familiar with. And right. That sort of thing. Yeah. But with Hebrew, it's a completely different ballgame. Right. Vocab is so, so important because the difference between two words is literally one letter in the word. And yeah. so you have to be attentive to those parts at a much deeper level. Because then, words then are so close sure. together. Yeah. And sometimes the difference is only a letter that sounds the same. Yep. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. That's that's true. So say somebody's listening to this and they're, say, partway through their first year of seminary. They're about to take Sarma Hebrew. And they're they're not they're not sure about it. You know, they've they've heard, you know, all the stuff about how Hebrew is so different, etc. What what's some advice that you would give to them? Kind of thing things you wish that you knew kind of when you were going into it, whether in undergrad or kind of Sarma Hebrew as well. For sure. So I would say the most important thing with Hebrew, and this is opposed to Greek. Sure. With Greek, learning all the rules and keeping those in mind. Like, that is imperative for you to succeed. Mm -hmm. With Hebrew, the rules are a little simpler, but the pieces are harder. 
So yeah. vocab, vocab, vocab for mm. Hebrew, especially. Sure. Because just being you, able to recognize the words yes. is such a challenge sometimes. Yes. And b- because the uh, words can be so close together and things like that. They drop letters and everything. Yep, yeah. They drop letters and they, they do different things and they look like each other and all of that. Like brushing up on vocab constantly is the biggest piece of advice I would give to someone going into summer Hebrew is make sure you keep up with vocab. Mm. Everything else will kind of come with the territory, come with right. the learning, come with the instruction, and you'll get a feel for it. And yes, you will have to memorize those things over sure. time. But the vocab is going to be is going to make the difference between whether or not you're going to be able to translate that sentence. As opposed to in Greek, where sometimes you may recognize a word much easier and things don't look like each other very often. They're very distinct in yeah, a lot of ways. Yeah. But with the rules in Greek, you know, you have a variety of different endings that go mm-hmm. all over the place. And it's interesting. It was interesting for me, especially with Hebrew, because, again, that Hebrew feeling like math, in a sense, it kind of threw me for a loop, especially yeah. when I first did it in undergrad. Sure. Because in all my language learning before that, I felt like I was learning a language, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it felt that way. In yeah. Hebrew, it feels like you're learning a system of math, in a sense, that leads to a language. Sure, sure. So there's a couple more steps there. Yeah, there's there's a few more steps that you have to think about. At least as, as an English speaker. Yes, as an English yeah. speaker, you definitely have to think a little harder with Hebrew a lot of the time. Yeah, I, I know I had that experience when I learned Hebrew. It kind of felt like all my assumptions about how words work just were thrown out the window. I did like, oh, I didn't know that words could do that or been that way like okay yep yep so so it sounds like kind of just recognizing that the so if somebody was successful in greek they might need to kind of reevaluate their priorities when they do hebrew just because of the nature of the language yes. and for and for you in particular that was emphasizing vocab acquisition much more than you did with greek yes absolutely and for those of you who are trying to think of well if it's that difficult what can i do now, right? What can I do going into it? I'd highly recommend, I believe it's the first two or three chapters, but if you want to get a really strong start, Mm -hmm. learn the alphabet ahead of time, be able to write that out, be able to recognize the letters, be able to recognize vowels, because there, Mm -hmm. there is a difference in Hebrew with vowels and consonants. In comparison to Greek, it all flows together in one word with Hebrew. All the vowels are under the word, and it's... Above the word. Above the word, word, next to the word, right? Inside the word. It's... Bind it. Yep. (laughs) It it doesn't flow normally. So get yourself familiar with the... or Sorry, the alphabet. It's the writing system in general, yeah. And get yourself familiar with what the vowels look like and how they work. And that'll get you off on the right foot. And in the process of that, even taking the next step and learning, I believe chapter two is when the vocab hits. Sure. Learning that vocab a little ahead of time. Just getting yourself comfortable with how it looks and how words are kind of formed and things like that. Because it's such a big transition. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I will be honest, it may take more work for some than others to kind of get used to this. But the grind isn't as hard as it looks, especially Mm -hmm. if you're starting out with that right foot forward, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I I think that that's that's a really good point. I think it only becomes this kind of overwhelming thing when you get behind and there it starts to kind of feel hopeless. But it, I, I think you're right. If, if you keep up, if you kind of do the stuff that you're supposed to do regularly, it 
it, it won't be a problem. And and I can also say that the library offers resources through the ARC, the Academic Resource Center. Um, we have tutoring available, uh, kind of group sessions. We've done homework sessions where people can just come and work on their homework and get help if they need it. And also, uh, we had people this summer in Greek and Hebrew who kind of made their own groups to like study together. And uh, we help facilitate some of that as well. But there are resources out there. Uh, this isn't something you have to do alone. I think it's something else to emphasize. Um, so tell us just a bit about kind of what's it been like now that you're in Hebrew labs and in your Old Testament exegetical courses. Kind of how's that transition been? So I might not be the best example. Sure, sure. <laughs> because I've never really clicked with the languages that well yeah, overall. Yeah. I mean, if there wasn't an indicator for that before when I mentioned that I wasn't able to get past the entrance exams and didn't do well enough in the courses the first time around sure. to waive them. So the biggest piece of advice I can give for after summer Hebrew yeah. is try your best to keep in it. Not necessarily do it every day. If you if you have the time to do it every day, even just for a few minutes, fantastic. Good on you. I I commend your skill and time management. Yeah, yeah. But um, just try to keep in it. Because in my experience, after summer Hebrew, there was this period of what felt like a breath where it felt mm -hmm. like I could relax, I could step away from the language and kind of just go about business as usual. And then when they come up again in the lab, you're going, oh, shoot. <laughs> I forgot how half of this works because... I learned this at one point. <laughs> I learned this at one point. So you definitely have to do your best to kind of keep up with it a little bit. Mm -hmm. if, you want, if you want to prioritize it later, right? That's not everybody's goal, and that's okay. But you want to at least be familiar enough with it to recognize what you need to do. There are a lot of helpful resources you'll have later down the line when you're doing exegeticals like logos and commentaries and things right, that'll right. tell you what the language is doing and what you're looking at. And that's great. But if you don't keep that base understanding and knowledge of what you're looking at, you won't you're, be able to follow it. Yeah. No, you won't be able to follow it. You'll be struggling. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, that's a that's a really good point. It's I, I think that sometimes people think that when they do the say summer Hebrew or summer Greek or whatever, and they get to the end and they passed it, they think that like they completed the language. I finished Hebrew. When that's this, this is a beginning. You've now been equipped to start really st to start working with it now, and and w which is something that I think we try to set people up for with giving them the opportunities in labs and such to 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 be continually working on it and work working with it. But it it, it requires that if it's some if it's going to be something that you're going to be able to use further in your studies and in your ministry. For sure. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and the labs do do a decent job, I yeah, would say. Yeah. You're going to need to put in some of the work yourself because the labs can't cover everything for you. They can't do it for you. They can't. But, but they're, they're, they're there to give you something. Yes. They're yeah. there to give you, remind you it exists at the very least. Remind you what you, you forgot, <laughs> which is critical sometimes. I think. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. When you have someone telling you even just once a week, reminding you of certain things you may have slipped through the cracks and the time you've been away from the language. It's very helpful. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Morgan. This has been a really great, and I hope that all the future Summer Hebrew folks have been encouraged by this, and they, they drill their vocab plenty. Yes, um, please drill your vocab. Drill your vocab. All right, so this was Back to the Sources, a podcast of Hasi Memorial Library. Go in God's peace. If you enjoyed Back to the Sources, be sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Facebook so that you don't miss a single episode. This podcast is brought to you by the Hasi Library on the campus of Concordia Seminary in St. Louis. The Hasi Library, inspiring theological discovery.